You're listening to the Mindful Psychology Podcast, a podcast designed to explore mindfulness, psychology, neuroscience, and various aspects of holistic health. My name is Jen. I'm your host. I'm also a therapist, an educator, and a yoga teacher. Join me and brilliant guests as we explore various topics and offer you actionable steps so that you can be informed and intentional about your health and well-being. Now sit back, relax, maybe take a notebook out, and let's dive in. Hi everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Mindful Psychology Podcast. My name is Jen, I'm your host, and today I'm joined by the lovely Amanda King-Smith as we talk about cultivating community and embracing new possibilities. So this is with or without COVID, um, we're going to talk about um, cultivating community, especially if you have an online business or if you've shifted to an online business. Amanda is uh, a digital nomad and has had her business online since long before uh, COVID. And of course, as a traveler, she is moving around a lot and has met so many, so many people and runs that business with her husband very well. And so we talk about that idea of uh, building relationships, fostering community and how to do that online and how to do that if you do move around a lot and how you don't have to be limited by the fact that you don't stay in one place or that you might not have this um you know, this network of people in your town all the time, um, if you've moved away or if you move around a lot. And then we talk about uh, the changes that she's experienced and that she's noticed with COVID as she manages a couple yoga studios and has helped take them online, as well as some other clients that she's worked with to take online during COVID uh, with their businesses. So she'll talk about that. And we basically just talk about the new possibilities that are around and uh, and just to move past limitations and move toward possibilities instead. Um, so without further ado, here's Amanda. Okay, well, hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? Thank you so much for having me, Jen. I am doing well. How are you doing? Good, thank you. So you're joining us from Alberta today, right? Yeah, I'm in Canmore, Alberta in Canada. How is that? How's the weather there? How's everything there? Yeah, things are going pretty well here. We don't have any active cases of coronavirus, which I'm really grateful for. However, we do have pretty much all of Alberta and I think a good chunk of Canada visiting us almost every weekend. So definitely still taking precautions and distancing and wearing masks and stuff here. But overall, things are good. It's sunny right now. It's been pretty warm in the in the 20s and Celsius. And yeah, I mean, I can see the mountains from my window, so nothing to complain about at the moment. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, your your content's always really nice. Your pictures are so beautiful. It really makes me want to to go, but we talked about this already, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I feel like I kind of like live in a painting. <laughs> oh my God, it, lit- it really does look like that. It looks like it can't possibly be. Like it just doesn't, especially in the summer when you can kind of see the mountains looking like that, you're like, no, it can't. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like people aren't going to think my content's real. So I'm like, okay, I'll go like in there. It's not a green screen. I swear this is real. (laughs) That's so true, right? Or like people who Photoshop themselves into pictures and you can kind of see it because it's not done properly. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, So you've been on the show before, but for some people who don't know who you are, uh, who are tuning in or who, you know, uh, for any people who are just tuning in and getting to know you for the first time, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, and what's brought you to the work that you're doing now? 
Yeah, for sure. So for anyone who hasn't met me before, I'm Amanda. I'm the host of MBOM or Mastering the Business of Yoga. It's a podcast on the business of yoga. I'm a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, a business coach and consultant, and I also work with yoga studios. And then I also normally, in a normal world, I travel pretty much full-time. My husband and I are nomadic and we co-host a podcast called The World Wanders, which is all about travel. Wonderful. Yeah. Really fun. Um, so in terms of the yoga that you, so obviously you were doing a lot of transition work with uh, the studios that you manage, right? And obviously, well, your business was already online. So that didn't, um, but with the studios that you found, did you work with any private, private uh, yogis, private yoga teachers that weren't, that didn't run a studio, but just had their yoga business and they were working in studios or going to see private clients on their own? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, a couple yoga teachers that I work with were, I mean, definitely impacted by the the pandemic. So they were teaching in studios, in corporate settings, teaching privates, and pretty much everything has been transitioned online at this point. And it's been really interesting to kind of watch because one teacher that I work with in particular, she was talking about how it's been on her list forever to start a YouTube channel and to think about creating a membership and to start creating content online. And it was just always back burner. And then COVID hit and within 24 hours, she had set up that channel and was creating content. And it's, it doesn't make the pandemic really any better, but I feel like it's kind of this little silver lining of it for, for some of the teachers that I've been working with. Yeah, definitely. I think, and to put ourselves out there, and I think also people cared a little bit less if it was a bit uh, wonky at the beginning because they figured, well, we've had to do this kind of uh, quickly. And so I think people made allowances for themselves and I think others for others. And that helped as well, right? You felt a little bit less pressure because it was COVID and you kind of had to do it fast, right? Or you could pretend that you had to do it fast. <laughs> and yeah, kind of, you didn't yeah, care so 100%. much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's <laughs> definitely more of this like, and, and I kind of live by this philosophy anyways, but I feel like more people were kind of taking this philosophy on of like better out than perfect. And mm-hmm. it was kind of like, okay, we actually can't be in studios at this point. So I have to teach online. And so teachers were just doing the best with what they had. And it, it took time, I think, for a lot of teachers and even studios to get you know, good camera quality, good audio quality, get in a rhythm with whatever software they were using, get in a rhythm with their schedule, uh, you know, tell their students how to access classes. I mean, it's a whole different world transitioning your business online. So I think that there was definitely a lot of, I guess, like allowances given to teachers and studios in the beginning. And, and I think even now people are, people are quite gracious in terms of like understanding that we've kind of, we're in this crisis still and that people are doing the best that they can with what they have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's been really good and people have come together in that way. And I know that, um, uh, now we, we can talk in general now with, with anything that happens now, it can be your, your, the studios or the private clients that you, as in the private, uh, clients that you've worked with that, do like they have their business and it isn't a studio for example um but what are what are the what are the things that you've noticed most in this transition that have been um challenging for businesses yeah that's a great question so i can draw from my experience with the people that i work with and the studios that i work with and i think that With regards to that, it's definitely been the technology side of things. So with the studios that I work with, it's been finding, you know, good cameras, 
good audio. Audio has definitely been challenging because both studios were using MacBook Pros to stream at first. And like the video quality on that is fine. It's not the most amazing, but it's fine. The audio quality just off of that is horrible. So immediately it was like, okay, we need a solution for a microphone. And both studios went through a couple of different microphones, trying to figure out what works best. They're now both actually using the Rode Wireless Go. And that's a fantastic microphone. So for anyone who's listening, who still hasn't found good audio, Rode Wireless Go is definitely my recommendation. And then the other side of, I think, that was that um, people were, sorry, my computer's ringing. Okay, there we go. I don't know if that came through or not, but um, okay, cool. <laughs> Apparently Romania is calling me. Oh, fantastic. Um, That's great. Yeah. I don't know who would be calling me in Romania, but apparently somebody is. Um, anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> and so the, the other thing that's been challenging has been, I think, just like navigating the communication around the tech. So one of the things we found with the one studio that's here in Canmore that I work with quite closely was that we got a ton of influx of questions. So there were a ton of people who just didn't really understand how to access the classes online. So it took us a little bit of time to try to communicate everything to them. So what we've been doing has been we, we changed everything so it was online. So they register via MindBody online. They get sent an automatic email that has the Zoom link and the password in it. Then they click on that. It takes them over to Zoom and they log in. It's pretty straightforward in theory, but if you've never used Zoom before, if you've never practiced yoga online, all of that can feel a little bit confusing. So there was a lot of like heavy lifting in terms of like every class, somebody had to be monitoring the inbox like 15 minutes before and kind of for the first 15 minutes of class because people were like, registered. I don't understand how to get in. I don't know. I want to join this class. How do I do it? There was a lot of questions with that. And so I think those would probably have been like the biggest things that were challenging over the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think tech is a big one for people. There's something to be said about just being able to walk into a studio and completely forget about everything and just let go. And then mm -hmm. when you realize how much you actually have to do when you're going online to meet someone or to do something, uh, or even just the uncertainty, like, do I have the right time? Am I, did I miss it? Did I, you know, when you're not there physically, I think for both teacher and student, it can be uh, challenging. I don't know, a bunch of things go through your mind. Like I just had this constant paranoia that I had the wrong time or something like that. Like the, the lack of physical proximity just made me doubt a lot of my moves, even though, and more than, even though I was doing a lot of things online, even before it was like, all of a sudden, everything was different, even though it wasn't really, you know, it was kind of like, even working from home became different because I was like, no, but now I have to, it just, everything changed. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually, yeah. It's really interesting to hear you say that because I've been reflecting on that a lot for me. And when this first hit, you know, I was, I have lots of friends who work from home kind of in the nomad space and in, in my, the travel side of my life. But a lot of my friends who are here in Canada work in offices and they work full-time jobs. And so they're like, Oh, we're working from home. Like I, I, it's hard. I don't like it. I'm trying to figure out my rhythm. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like not really that different for us. But then as we kind of got more into the pandemic, I was like, oh wow, I'm really realizing how much my boundaries and my life kind of revolved around like, yes, I work from home, but outside of that, I'm traveling a lot and I'm adventuring and I'm seeing people and I'm doing social events. And all of a sudden it was like, everything's happening on my laptop. My social life is happening on my laptop. My exercise life is happening on my laptop. TV watching is happening on my laptop. Oh, and work's happening on my laptop. And it was like, okay, this is actually really hard to kind of manage 
working from home on top of not being able to actually really like leave your house and do things. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think that's a really uh, challenging one. And that, and I like what you said about boundaries as well. Like what, what are some ways we can put boundaries into place for this kind of thing? Like if people are working from home or if they do run their businesses and they do normally spend a lot of time online because they work from home or they are nomads, um, then all of a sudden when you're not, when you don't have that extra time to separate from your computer because you don't, you can't go out and explore in the same way. You can't go and make these different plans and go see people. And so you do inevitably end up spending more time on your computer. And then you probably figure, well, I have all this time to do extra work. I guess I'll catch up on the work. It's, it's only going to last a couple of months. Why not? You know, um, then it just gets really, really long and your new routine is just to never peel yourself from your computer. So what is advice that you have for people uh, in that situation? Like, what did you do? basically. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I was going to say, I certainly have not mastered this, so I'm not coming from a place of expertise, but I've been very conscious about it over the last couple of months because I feel like kind of at the beginning or the middle of March through like the middle of April and maybe even into May of this year, it was really, really intense. I was working a lot. I didn't have a lot of boundaries around hours. So what I've been putting in place is more of a set schedule. So, you know, I wake up in the morning and I don't do any work until 9am. So 9am is kind of my, my, my work time that I start. So depending what time I get up, I have a bit of a morning routine. I can stretch, I can meditate, I can, you know, read my book if I want to. I just kind of have a little bit of me time during that time. And then I normally don't schedule any calls till 10am. So I've been working a lot with time blocking in terms of like how I use my time effectively. And I block off nine to 10am for emails, like admin tasks, kind of just getting things set up for the day. And then I can dive into the work that I do. Other things that I've been doing have been also a shutdown routine. So morning routine comes like relatively easy to me. Shutdown routine is a little bit harder. So in general, I try to end work around like 5 p.m. And what I've been doing is I have a designated workspace in my house. So my laptop is set up and like I'm talking to you from that space right now. And this is like my workspace. And so at the end of the day, I can just kind of close this down and I don't come back to it. And that's been a big thing. And that's been probably like one of the hardest things is not checking my email in the evenings, not coming back to my computer to do one more task. I leave that space at the end of the day. And then the other thing has been starting to take more breaks. So taking like an actual lunch break where I sit at the table, not in my workspace and I eat lunch and I don't check my computer. I don't check my emails. That's not what that time's for. And that has been really, really helpful to just make sure that I'm actually like doing the work I need to do in the times that I've designated for work. So I would say those have been probably the biggest things. And then here in Canada, we're slowly opening things up. So we've been able to go out a little bit more. So having a little bit more like weekend plans, whether or not it's like, you know, a weekend getaway to somebody somewhere close nearby or being able to go for a hike or maybe having like a physically distanced visit with a friend or mm-hmm. something like that. Like just getting out of the house and away from my computer has been so great. We also have our gyms and our yoga studios are open again if they so choose to be. And so actually being able to like leave the house for exercise has been amazing. I really, really hope that stuff doesn't get shut down again. I'm just hoping and praying because Mm -hmm. it has been so nice to not work out on my computer. Yeah, no, I mean, all the things that you've said are so good. I feel like I definitely need to do a little bit more of that. The eating thing is definitely a problem. Like, oh yeah, 
it's definitely a problem. And sometimes Thomas will bring me food and be like, okay, you need to eat. I'm like, this, this, this is out of hand. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> we need a system or he'll bring me water. Like, did you hydrate enough? I'm like, I don't know. Like it, it definitely, it's out of hand at this point. I'm like a toddler and I need to be fed. <laughs> like, it's not normal. Yeah. Some, it's it's interesting though, because it's like, it's like this basic need that we, and we know we need to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. yet. You know, th- this is not like what I'm talking about is not perfect and it's not easy for me. It's just like slowly, I'm just like every day trying to be like, okay, step away from your computer, eat some food. And it's not that I don't like to eat or not that I don't eat. It's just that I'll, if I don't have kind of a designated time to have my lunch, then it's like, I'll realize that it's like 2.30 in the afternoon and I haven't eaten. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. And then I'm just eating all the food and then I like basically need to take a nap after. (laughs) So I've been trying to have like more of a routine and a flow with that so that I just feel like good throughout the whole day. Absolutely. No, no, no. That's for sure. And I just have a question about like, this is quite a specific question, but do you believe that it's more important to kind of bulk do things like sometimes in business, you know, you think, okay, it's, it's more practical for me to bulk create my content and then just schedule my content, automate as much as possible. And I'm a big believer in that. Um, but I also sometimes like to do things real time. And then in my life, I try to be as in the moment as possible. I try to do as little of that as possible. Like you don't have to do meal prep all the time. You can take the time to make yourself a meal in the day. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Uh, yeah, in terms of my business, I love to batch content. One of the things that I've been playing around with, with regards to time blocking is blocking off you know, time each month actually to work on like specifically the podcast work that I do. So let's use MBOM as an, as an example. So I put out episodes every Monday. So instead of doing all the work for those episodes every single week, I actually like to set my production schedule about a month in advance. So I choose all the episodes for say the month of August or the month of September. And at the beginning of the month, I sit down and I record all the intros. I do all the descriptions for it. I get everything ready so that I can send it to my production manager who does the editing and stuff like that. And he does it week by week but for me that's all taken care of and then with social media I was kind of before the pandemic in a flow of doing it a couple weeks I'd batch like a couple weeks of content and then pandemic hit it felt like everything was like day to day Mm -hmm. so I kind of went through like a transition where I was like I can't plan anything and now I'm back to about a week out is kind of how I do things with that. And I have a assistant that works with me. So she, I put everything in a spreadsheet and she actually schedules it, which is super helpful. Mm -hmm. So there is some stuff that I do like kind of batches of. So I'll set times where I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on this stuff during this time and I'll do like a bunch of it. So I don't just do like social media every day. I'll spend like an hour a week just doing it for the following weeks and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And it's also, it helps you understand what your day has to be about. It's so easy when you're running a business to think of all the things you need to do that you want to do. And then you end up getting nothing done that day because you keep thinking of all the things that you need to do. And you do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But then when you're doing that thing, it takes you longer because you're focused on the other thing you have to do. And so if you don't have a plan or some kind of schedule for yourself, it's, it, you know, it's just going to become chaotic, I think. Um, I mean, it depends yeah, 100%. on your brain, but that's what happens to me. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Something that I noticed, you know, over the last couple of months has been like, sometimes I'll spend my whole day just kind of working on like little admin tasks, especially if I have my email open all the time is like, there's always something coming in and then the email will pop up and it'll draw me away from whatever I'm working on. So one of the things I've been doing kind of related to boundaries has been 
like email checking in the morning and then email checking maybe midday and then in the evening before I shut down. So keeping my email closed throughout the day has been really helpful so that I can actually get stuff done. And I'm not just like responding in the moment, kind of like reactionary style to the things that need to get done because it's so easy to really like kill a whole day, just kind of like task here, task here, oh, tasks come in, you respond to that. Okay. Coordinating this. And I feel like the way that our brains work, like they can respond like that, but we can't get that deep work done. We can't get that project work done or we do it in a really distracted fashion. So I feel like being able to kind of close down what you don't need and just pull up what you do need for a designated time is so, so helpful for productivity. Yeah, I agree. That's really well said as well. I I completely agree. And I think even just setting, for example, Mondays is podcast recording or Wednesdays is all scheduling, you know, content on social media or Friday is when you do all your blog post writing and you do that once a month or twice a month or whatever it is once a week. Um, And then scheduling tools, of course, really, really help, right? Whatever it is that you use, having a scheduling tool for a week out, a month out, two weeks out, whatever, um, can also really help because then you're not thinking about it every week. It's one less thing for the next week or maybe alternating or whatever, you know, like one week is really social media. The next week is more uh, writing and or recording videos for your YouTube channel or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent can help. Can help. Otherwise, it's just. And then when you have an inspiration to do something, like oh, maybe I'll start a YouTube channel, or oh, maybe I'll start, you know. And then you just never get anything done. Like I feel, <laughs> I feel like that's a big one. <laughs> yeah, I feel like as a as an entrepreneur, as like a solopreneur, it's always this balance of like following where your creativity pulls you, and then staying focused on the projects that you're working on. And something I kind of remember from my childhood is that my parents really let me kind of like follow my creativity, which was really cool, but I would end up with all these like kind of half finished projects. So I'd like start writing a story and then I would get like, I'd get distracted by something else and be like, Oh, I want to like take a pottery class. And then I'd be like, Oh, I don't like that anymore. Like I want to work on this. And it was cool to explore, but looking back, it's like, I had a lot of different, like kind of unfocused things. And so always trying to strike that balance between like, Oh wow, I have like inspiration to write blog posts today. Like that rarely happens. Okay. I'm going to clear my calendar so I can do that versus like finding the balance with, okay, I need to get like this and this and this done. It's always a balance between that type of stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, yeah, going, going with whatever you're feeling that day is good, especially if you have a really strong pull and you don't want to lose that inspiration, then, okay. If it makes sense to kind of, um, so maybe, I, I think maybe even first do the things that you need to do because that's accountability. And then you know, you know that you did that thing that day. Um, but then if you have extra time, then going for that thing that was pulling you. Also writing it down. I find writing it down helps. Like if I'm having this big thing that's pulling me toward not doing what I was supposed to do that day, I'm like, okay, so why is this thing so important? Let's maybe just write it down a little and then see if I can revisit it some other day. Because if it's that strong, it'll come back. You know, it'll, yeah. it'll, it'll be something else another day. But I know that if I give into it, I'll be like, oh, yay. But then I think of my day and I'm like, but you did nothing that you were supposed to do. So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Writing it down is a great idea. Yeah. Or just getting it out of your head a little But Yeah. Um, and, and I wanted to ask about, so, I mean, obviously it's difficult to create 
a, um, a community in general, right? Like if you move around a lot or if you travel a lot, it can be challenging, right? As well, as much as you meet a bunch of people all the time, it can be challenging to actually maintain relationships. At least that's what I found in the past. Um, and then also in business, I find it's difficult to, or it can be challenging to find a community of like-minded people when you're starting off. And if you know, you're not working at an office or you're not going to places where you're always socializing, I feel like working from home or being a solopreneur can be kind of lonely. So mm-hmm. looking at both of those things, since you since you do both, um, do, how do you find the two affect each other? Like, do, or do you find there's any link between the two? Like, how uh, th- 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 does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I understand that. Yeah, I think community is definitely one of the things that has been probably the most challenging about the lifestyle that my husband and I have chosen. And I mean, it's really great because we get to travel together. So I think that that definitely helps with that. And then, yeah, just like you said, like every new place that we visit, we make friends. We are intentional about, you know, going to meetups or finding Facebook groups where we can interact with other people who might be in that community. You know, when we were living in Panama City uh, earlier this year, earlier in 2020, we were taking Spanish lessons at a local school and they had lots of social activities. So we were able Mm -hmm. to meet lots of people through that. However, it's like, then you leave and you might not talk to that person for for quite a while. And so you do have to be kind of intentional about, you know, maybe sending somebody a message or catching up with them or having a conversation with them, letting them know where you're going. So maybe you can meet up in person. I find that with our travel community and with our travel friends, it's like they kind of understand what that's like. So there's not really a big expectation from us in terms of like, oh, well, you haven't messaged me for like four months. Like, I don't really want to be friends with you anymore. I feel like it's like, you know, they understand that our friendship will be the same regardless of if we've seen each other for like a couple months or like a year or something like that, maybe more than a year. And then, you know, of course we have like our kind of like longer term friends that we've had for ages. I have, you know, a a group of girls that are kind of, you know, my, my closest girlfriends, unfortunately they're all spread out across Canada. So again, I don't see them that often, but they're the type of friends that like you see each other once a year and things are the exact same as when you saw each other all the time. And it's just about making an effort to make sure we can get together and that we, you know, FaceTime or zoom or have conversations via messenger, iMessage, whatever it is. Um, In terms of business, I feel like one of the great things about working online is that you actually get to kind of like choose your coworkers in some way. So I don't know. Do you watch The Office at all? I I used to. I've seen enough. Like I've seen yeah. So I guess one of the the things about the office that I find quite amusing is that like, there's a lot of people that kind of suck, you know, you kind of find them endearing because you work with them every day, but they kind of suck. So one of the things about working in an office is that, you know, you're forced to work with like the Creed Brattons and the Kevins of the world versus when you work online, you get to kind of like choose the people that you work with and the people that come into your sphere. And it's much more likely that you get to find people who are aligned with the things that you're aligned with. and so although I don't, you know, I have like a group of online peers that work in the similar industry to me. I'm very close with them. 
you know, accountability buddies and, you know, we get to talk about different things revolving or around business, but, you know, we don't go into an office every day. We don't see each other every day. We only see each other online. We only know each other online. However, you know, I get to deepen those relationships with like-minded people who I've chosen to interact with versus like being in an office and being forced to work with people that I'm like, okay, you kind of suck. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. And we talked about this, I think previously as well about the fact that it's important to find those people in, in the that are in a that are aligned with your goals for example right people who have similar goals because sometimes our friends don't really care what our business is about and that's okay you know what i mean and so our friends uh as in okay that was maybe harsh not that they don't care but they are not interested or they might not be in that field at all and so they can't do the same things that let's say our fellow yoga yoga teachers can do or that you know and we can't do the same for them right like it's just different like i have really close friends that I've been friends with for over 20 years. And if they're talking about their specific things, I don't even know that I can be as supportive for them as, you know, their other friends can be who are in that with them. So, or other peers, as you say, Um, I think it's important to find those people as well. People who understand your work and what you're doing and what you're going through. And then you, and then you had also mentioned previously that sometimes the online world can even be better because you can meet people that you never would have otherwise met in person, right? You meet them online and then somehow you connect kind of like you and me, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, it can yeah, be, yeah, totally. It'd be so varied that way. So I think it's really good. Um, and I always found that it was difficult for me to create a community in business because of the fact that I moved around a lot or because of the fact that I, frankly, just, I'm not very gifted in that department, <laughs> but I just, I just, I, I get, you know, I just, I'm not as good at it, but I also found it difficult because I moved around a lot. And every time I would set something up, I would leave. And then that was that, you know, it didn't really help. So for people who are now going through that because of COVID or who might've started their business right at the beginning of COVID or who are thinking of starting their business now, how are there ways for them to um, cultivate that sense of community with uh, with their with their peers and also with uh, ideal clients or with potential clients or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. So I think that I, th- I think that, and maybe it can relate to what you, what you're talking about too. Like one of the things that I kind of struggled with early on with kind of moving around and with having a nomadic lifestyle is like you get somewhere and you don't want to dive like too deep into the community because we get attached to people, we get attached to places, we get attached to restaurants and then we leave and it's like really heart-wrenching to kind of leave that. And so I think that there's something really natural about like as humans, we put up like a slight barrier to letting people get like too close to us because we just know we're leaving soon. Or maybe it's just like, oh, well, I'd rather just like you know, drink wine at home and watch Netflix and go to this networking event. Plus I'm not even going to be here in like a month or two months. So I just won't bother. I think this is definitely something I've experienced, especially during the beginning stages of my nomad journey. I, I was in Asia and I was moving around quite a bit and I just felt like, oh, well, I don't want to invest too much into these relationships because like, I'm never going to see these people again. And something I've kind of shifted shifted away from is, is that like letting myself get more attached to people and knowing that we have these tools to communicate from all over the world, I feel like has been, been super, super helpful. And, um, I, I really like Facebook groups for finding people and, you know, Instagram is really great and kind of trusting when you connect with somebody that, like maybe you follow somebody and you really like what they're all about or you like their messaging and you're like, yeah, I could totally see myself being friends with this person, you know, send them a message, comment on something that they post on, reach out to them because likely that person is looking for other like-minded connections. And I think that 
when you can have these relationships online or these connections online, you can allow yourself to dive a little bit deeper because your whole relationship is online. So there's no expectation of like, oh, I'm moving. So I can't keep in touch with this person. I'm not going to see them every day. You, your whole relationship's online. So it's easy to kind of dive a little bit deeper with that. So I think it's like finding people that are, have similar interests to you, getting to know them, being intentional about that. And it does take a little bit of work to network with people. I feel though that people who are in Facebook communities and online, like you'll get a vibe right away if they're like interested in making a friend or not. And I think that so many people are seeking like-minded connections these days, Mm -hmm. especially with COVID that people are more than willing to kind of, you know, open their virtual doors to you and kind of let you get to know them. And then, you know, from there, I think just letting friendships form naturally or letting relationships form naturally is the best thing to do. And then one thing that is hard is like, you do have to nurture relationships. I mean, this is the same principle that applies with business. We have to nurture our clients. We have to nurture our friendships or our, you know, our colleague relationships as well, especially when they're online. And this can be like, sending a message, checking in, sending a voice note, just commenting on a post that they make or liking something on an Instagram story. Like that's kind of the little stuff that's like, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Like, Hey, I see what you're up to. So it can be, you know, super minimal in terms of engaging with somebody and just letting them know like, Hey, I'm still here for you. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think you're right about the, uh, about what you said that you, you, you kind of put up this barrier to not get attached or to not you just figure, what's the point? I'm leaving soon anyway. Um, and that's kind of what ends up happening, right? Like you kind of just figure, well, even if this happens this way, or even if they, if it doesn't go well, or, or it doesn't really matter whether we like each other or not, because in the end, it just, it just ends, you know? And I found that, that what you said is so true, like, and so what? So if you don't speak again, you don't speak again, but you can still try to, you know, foster a new relationship of any kind, whatever friendship or a business uh, collab or just a bit, or like you said, accountability buddies and that kind of thing. And why not, you know, and then especially when it's online. And I think also as we get older, there's a lot less pressure. It's kind of understood that life happens and that we're not going to be speaking all the time. I don't know about you, but I found that I, I don't speak to many people regularly, like every day or even every week, you know, I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, I have very few people outside of my husband that I have like daily conversations with. Um, if any people that I have daily conversations well, yeah, with, exactly. Like, it's like I think people know that people are busy. Like, I have a a really really good friend. She lives in Alberta as well. She's a couple hours away from me. We only see each other in person probably a couple times a year. She's got two little kids, so she's super, super busy with that. You know, I'm always moving around. I've got a lot on the go, but we send voice notes to one another. And that's been a really nice thing that we've kind of developed in the last year because we used to talk a lot on the phone, but it's just been harder and harder with time zones and you know, kids, of course. And the voice notes have been so awesome, but her and I have, you know it was kind of like an unstated understanding, but then we've also stated it also that like, there's no pressure to respond right away. Mm -hmm. You know, we both understand that we're both busy and that doesn't mean like, oh, hey, just because I didn't respond for 72 hours doesn't mean that I like you any less. Like I still value your friendship. I just have a lot going on. And it's really nice to have, you know, those ways of communicating with people that are kind of no pressure understandings. And yeah, I totally think that that's a part of maturing, getting older, as you age, you've got more stuff going on. You know, we like to spread ourselves thin as humans. We've got a million tasks on the go all the time. And I think that the last thing you want is for your community, your friendships, 
your coworkers to feel like another chore. You want that to be something that you're going to enjoy. And I think that Mm -hmm. kind of giving somebody like the ability to respond later or when it's best for them and understanding that it's not about you is a huge part of that. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I think, I, I don't know if this, if you agree with this, but I also believe that when there's less like when you could very easily just say no to a relationship or easily drop it because, you know, I don't know, you guys have grown apart or whatever, but you make that effort to stay connected, even though you've not seen each other in person or in like, you know, you've not maintained the relationship in a quote unquote traditional way in a while. That's more of a testament to the commitment to the relationship, right? Like that's even more valuable, right? You're not forced to see them at work or you're not forced to see them at events. Or you're not forced to see them because you live down the street from each other. Like you're making that extra effort to, I feel like this is particularly for people who travel a lot or who move, who move away. Like I haven't seen my family in two years and most of my friends in two years, but it doesn't make us any less close. You know, I think that the fact that we've made it this far, you know, since, you know, I think is more is a testament to the fact that it's possible right you can totally maintain relationships and make start relationships online i believe um yeah yeah i as well so yeah no i 100% agree with that i've definitely you know been in the same boat and i think that it's just like putting the little bit of effort into you know reach out to your grandparents or to your parents and the same like these principles are all principles that we I think apply to our business and we just need to apply them to our personal life as well and that's kind of how we make sure that not only do we have like a thriving community of colleagues but we also have a thriving community of like friends and family yeah yeah I agree and and if we shift back to business now, um, so I what I like about you is that you're really like a down to earth business person, and I you know so you can see a lot of these big business people online, right? Who are just like oh, like I, and I made it to making like six figure months and whatever, and I'm doing all of this and all of that, and because I did this and I did that, you know, follow my blueprint and so on and so forth. But I like that you're not so much like that. You're not in your face. You're not salesy. You're not like weird and so I really (laughs) I don't know I'm not trying to be insulting thank you like you're normal right like and then all these other people will be like you know I'm normal just like you I'm like I really don't think so though because like I don't know if we're on the same I don't know and so I just don't really find it so inspiring I don't know I I tend to gravitate more toward people like you and stuff like that so in terms of building a community because obviously that's becoming really prevalent especially with social media now and it's really about nurturing relationships, right? It's not just about liking people's posts or having a bunch of followers. It's the kind of engagement that you have, right? And when they're saying, when they're talking about how to fill your classes or how to uh, create a membership and how to make sure people want to sign up for your membership or even how to have a successful podcast or a blog or whatever, it's so much about community and it's so much about building real relationships. And so what's your advice on how to really build a relationship Um with like obviously we can't be friends with everybody that we work with or that end up wanting to access our offerings or anything like that but what's the way that we can really nurture relationships and build a community if we're business owners and also if you want to touch on what we can do to stay grounded in this thought process when we're being bombarded with all this stuff on social media yeah, for sure. That's a great question. And first of all, I appreciate you saying those those kind things about me. So thank you for that. And I like completely agree with you. Like I've just always found that it's very gross. It's gross to me when somebody's like, oh, let me teach you how I made, you know, six figures a year. I'll give you, yeah, my blueprint or my program. And it's like, 
you make six figures a year because you're teaching this thing. Like that's how you do it. <laughs> so yeah. what are you going to teach me? <laughs> Anyways, I don't really love that. It feels a little bit like, I don't know, multi-level marketing to me. No, it, it does. And it's so true. Me. I'm like, how do they do it? And I'm, and you know, even I was thinking, I'm like, how'd they do it? I'm like, well, because people are all like, Ooh, how'd you do it? And <laughs> they're paying for it. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And then they just sell them like a process and, and maybe the process is, is good. Maybe it's not, I'm not too sure. And you know, there are tons of really great people teaching really great tangible things that do make really great money. So I'm not, you know, trying to crap all over that Mm -hmm. because there's lots of people doing good work, but yeah, in terms of nurturing clients, I think the biggest thing is genuinely caring. I think that, I think that one thing that's always been really important for me is, you know, answering my own emails and answering emails that come in from people who are listening to the show or who want to work with me or who have enjoyed, you know, something about what I've done, like making sure that it's me that answers that email. It's not my assistant. It's not somebody on my team. Um, that's, that's something that's really important to me. And I've had people write back. That's like, Oh wow. I can't believe you actually answered. (laughs) Like, of course I'm going to answer. Like I am super, super grateful for you following along and you listening. And I fully acknowledge that like part of this is you, I think you hit a certain level with like the amount of emails that come in and maybe the amount of business that you're doing where this becomes unfeasible. I'm not at that level right now. I'm at a level where it's very feasible for me to respond to the people who send me emails. Maybe it's not right away, but I will definitely respond to them. So I think that that's a big thing. I think in terms of people who want to work with you, I think making sure that you're giving them you know, what you promise to give them. Like if you are promising response times or check-ins in between calls or, um, you know, whatever level of engagement you're going to give them in between, making sure that you're actually blocking that time for that and making sure that you're actually supporting them. Um, So when I work with people, I like to make sure that people feel supported in between our calls that, you know, they're a priority for messages that I answer, Um, I like to make sure that if I'm working with somebody that I'm following along with their content, that I'm on their email list so I can really fully understand what their business is all about and that I can engage in that and support them. So I feel like when you're working with somebody one-on-one, it's like you're kind of their cheerleader a little bit. So you want to like show up in that way to cheer them on as they're going. And I think that you know, sure, maybe I could do one-on-one calls where I just show up and I spiel off, like, here's the ways to set up your email list. Here's the ways to market your clients. Here's how you nurture. But to me, that's not going to be as beneficial as understanding the people that I'm working with, understanding what they want to achieve, understanding their businesses, and then being able to really support them in an individual, unique way. Because I think that everyone is kind of looking to achieve something different. Everyone has different goals, different ways they define success. And it's important for me as you know, a coach or a consultant or you know, whatever capacity I'm working with them in that I understand that so that I can support them best. So I feel like those are kind of my top things. It's honestly like nothing complicated, special, like it's not like a a secret ingredient. It's just like, if you want to work with people, I think you need to genuinely care about those people. I agree. I completely agree. And, uh, and I think you can do that without being aggressive or gross. I really think. Um, cause mm-hmm. it's not, it's not attractive to you. I mean, you, 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 like you said, you know, there are plenty of people who do make money that way and that's fine too. And then there are people who do it very normally, right? They, like you said, they teach beautiful things and they make good money and they're teaching really valuable skills to people and it's working. But then you also have others that are 
probably just yeah making money from that from that exact question that you're asking yourself that's how they're making it and uh and you don't have to do that to succeed right there are other ways to succeed and also like you said everyone has their own uh idea of what success is i think that's really important to remember as well you know if you think that success is a but then you you keep thinking that you need b to be successful you're missing out on like if you don't realize that A is actually what you want and that you're not even that far from A, but you think you need B, you're going to feel a lot more behind than you actually are, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. also important, you know? And, and now in terms of like online and offline, and uh, so we've said how relationships don't have to stop being uh, created and there's still so much possibility with this shift online. And what do you think we can do to keep that, like, what do you think we can do to continue to nurture our relationships online? Let's say everything remains online, right? And there's just a complete shift now. And even though the pandemic passes, everything stays online. Uh, For people who are hoping that it won't, uh, what can they keep in mind to know, like, what can they do to really thrive online? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think that if you're kind of sitting in the camp of, I really don't want to teach online, I want to do things in person. I think that understanding kind of where your geographic area is at is really important. I personally sort of feel like we're not going to see a disappearance of online offerings at this point. Like regardless of what happens with the pandemic, I feel like there's a lot of people who have all of a sudden opened this door to online possibilities and people like that. I mean, the studio that I work for here in town, we have shifted most of our, most of our classes to both online and in person. So we live stream while having, uh, you know, a safe amount of people in the studio with the, the two meters distancing and all of that good stuff. And for a lot of our classes, like our 6.30 AMs, for example, People really love rolling out of bed, staying in their pajamas, putting their coffee on, pouring their coffee, and practicing while being able to take sips of their coffee. They don't even have to change out of their pajamas. They don't have to leave the house. You know, we're not really seeing people come back into the studio for those classes. And I think that a lot of people are kind of recognizing that like, oh, this world exists that didn't exist before, and I kind of like it. You know, there's other people who I think have just been waiting to get back in person. They want those in-person connections. And I love in-person connections. You know, I work in the online world because it allows me to do something I'm passionate about, which is travel. But I also love being in person with people. I love practicing yoga in person. I love teaching yoga in person. Those are things that I really value about being able to be in my community. And I think that We don't really know where things are going, but I think looking at how maybe you can have offerings in person in a safe way, but then also looking at how you can draw the things that you love about in-person into your online offerings. And one example of this that I'll give is the studio owner that I work with here in town. He is amazing. He has this gift for making people feel really welcome in a space. And he's been able to really easily transition that into the online space. And one of the things he does, this is seriously so basic. He sits in front of the computer as people are logging in and he goes to the list of people who are there and he greets every single person by name. If for some reason he doesn't know somebody, he introduces himself, he asks about them, he welcomes them, he asks them like, you know, typical yoga things like injuries, what are you working on? But then he also says like, where are you joining from? What do you do? He like actually gets to know them. And so there's this connection that happens at the beginning of class that I feel like is honestly like for me, I've gone to a lot of his classes. I love his classes. I go in 
there and I feel just as welcome as they did in the studio space. Mm-hmm. And I see other teachers who are doing this where they go on, they say, okay, we're going to do this. I'm going to mute you. And then they, you walk away from the computer and they start teaching. That just feels like a very like anonymous experience, right? Like people as humans want to be seen and heard. And I think that that's one of the things about connecting in person that we love. We get to make that eye contact. We get to maybe have that physical contact. We get to be in space with people. Bringing those elements into your online classes, I think, are something that can make people feel very welcome and also make you feel like you're connected to those people. You understand who's there. You know a little bit about them. You're addressing them by name. So as you're teaching, you can go through like, oh, great job, Jen. Um, Maybe you can't see each other, but you can still like, you know that you're working hard on the other side, or I know that you're working hard on the other side of the computer, if that kind of makes sense. No, it completely does. I think that was one of the biggest challenges, I think, emotionally. So obviously there was the tech and the overwhelm of taking a business online, but I think there was a big emotional component as well, right? That human connection that we all lost, whether we were business owners or not, right? And all of those things were gone. And I think some people thought it was just never going to come back. It was very lonely. And although now it's not as strict as it was, and so definitely it's not going to be as intense, I think there are ways to find more... uh, more rather than see limits in the movement online or in things remaining online seeing all the possibilities that exist with the online world and how we can actually make it better like I think that's brilliant that he did that I think that's great I definitely want to start doing that and just being really like personable with everyone I think that's great so would you say that there are more things that can come from this shift online now I'm not saying so much from COVID I know I'm not trying to say that COVID is like a positive thing Perhaps this could have happened without COVID, but anyway, it's happened now. Um, Do you think that with this shift online, there can be more possibilities that outweigh any losses from obviously the, the, the obvious one of not being in person anymore? Yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of tough. Like there's kind of, you know, always trying to strike this balance and everyone's going to have a very different opinion and feel for this, just depending on what they prefer. I do feel like there are some silver linings to the situation that we're currently in, in that you know, our clients, our students have been forced to go online. So for a lot of them, you know, maybe before you would be going away and you would say, you know, hey, I'm going away. We can't do our private sessions over the next couple of weeks um, because I'm not going to be here or maybe vice versa. Maybe your your client's going away and they're like, oh, I'm going to be in Mexico. I can't do my sessions. You know, now there's this door open where both people understand how to do this online because you've been probably doing it for the last four or five months at this point. So now you go away or your student goes away and you just continue your routine. So I think that having people on kind of both sides understand the online world is going to be really helpful in a lot of ways going forwards. I think it's opened people up to a lot of possibilities. And I think it's also opening businesses up to the possibility of connecting with people that are not just in their geographic location. Mm -hmm. So I think when you think yoga in a lot of ways, we've, we've always thought we need to connect with the people that are in our town or our city that we live in. As a studio, you think about your target market is the people in your town or city. Now, if we have online offerings, we can think about like, what do we want to offer people and who is our ideal client? Who is our ideal student? Because now we have this opportunity to reach like almost anyone that we want to reach around the globe. Mm -hmm. It's a really, really cool time to be able to be connecting in this like bigger way. And you know, we've talked a lot about community on this call and I love in-person community, but I also love having a community that's global. 
uh, around the world where I can really find people like, yes, you live the same life as me. Like you live by the same principles and maybe that's something that I can't get in the place that I live, you know? So being able to kind of apply that to our businesses too, I think can be something that's really helpful. And I think that if people are feeling kind of this like, like want wah, I'm kind of over online. I really want to teach in person. Like thinking about the opportunities that you could have uh, could be really helpful. Thinking about how you can connect with people in a deeper way online could be really helpful. And I think kind of looking at like maybe the small silver linings in it as opposed to like thinking about the situation because like on a whole, the situation sucks, right? Like it's not great. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody wants to be in this pandemic. I'm over it. I've been over it for months now. I'd like it to be done. Nobody wants to worry about getting sick. Nobody wants to worry about their parents or their grandparents getting sick. People want to travel. People want freedom. People want to hug. You know, we all want this thing to be done. I I think that that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. Yet, if we can kind of look at like the little silver linings that are coming from it, I think it can help us look at like how we can expand our businesses, how we have new opportunities, how we can connect with people that we may have never connected with before. I mean, if you think about the fact like, say I was just based in Alberta all the time and say you were at home in Quebec, like you and I, if we didn't have Instagram or anything, or maybe we just had personal Instagrams that were private, we just connect with our friends. Like you and I probably never would have met. And we have this, you know, great friendship that's flourishing now. And we're very like-minded. We like the similar things and we've never met in person yet. We can have these types Mm -hmm. of conversations. And like, for me, that outweighs like the downsides of not being able to, you know, be in person or, or have a solid community in person. Agreed. Agreed. And definitely what you said, like, if you don't have anybody like-minded where you, where you're from, um, it can be so, so wonderful to find people, even if they're really far away to create these new families, even, you know, or these new relationships far away. And you thought, my goodness, I couldn't even find this after, you know, growing up in this place for 20 years or whatever, before you leave. And then all of a sudden you have this new, not to say that anything's wrong with your people back home, but like you can find this whole new world literally <laughs> out there, you know? And I think that's definitely, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. anything, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. I think too, there's, I've talked to different people, uh, different yoga teachers who are like, oh, there's not much yoga in my area. Like I want to start doing yoga, but I don't really want to run a studio. I mean, ding, 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 online stuff. You can start marketing towards the people in your community and, you know, get them online. You don't have to have that physical space necessarily. So or maybe you just, you just go into a park space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, if people before were just like, oh, I'm not really keen on online. It's like, listen, you know, COVID. <laughs> I feel like people are like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then they'll try yeah. online and then actually it's not so bad, you know, or maybe later on you actually realize, okay, no, let's do retreats or something like that, right? So you start online, especially in a time now where people are more likely to say okay to online where they weren't before, where they've had it done now because they've, you know, we've been in this for a while. And so they're more open to it. Next thing you know, you don't have to have a proper studio necessarily, but you can have retreats or workshops every now and then or you know like you said in parks and stuff like that there's so many things you can do um yeah and I guess my last question would just be like what do you think the future is then for in-person and for studios and for that kind of uh part of the yoga business oh my gosh that's such a hard question I (laughs) honestly have no idea what the future holds Um, it's still going to be like a flourishing thing definitely people will want to still have that opportunity to connect in person Yeah, I think so. I think my kind of read on both teachers and students at this point is that people still do want to be inside. 
I think that we're probably going to be pretty limited in most places around the world until there's some sort of vaccine or maybe this virus dies out and goes away and then we get out of this pandemic. But I think that people are still going to want to go in person. I don't think that that's going to change. I mean, we're definitely seeing from the studio that is open here, like, you know, I use the 6.30 a.m. class example, but that's a little bit of an outlier. The rest of our classes are definitely getting, you know, people inside. People are restarting memberships that are like, online didn't work for me. I'm so happy to be back in person. You know, I've been back in the studio. It's been a game changer to be able to practice in person. So I think that there's definitely still like a desire for people to be doing yoga in person. So for any yoga teachers or yogis listening who are like, oh, I really hate online. Like, I think that, I think there's still going to be a market for in-person stuff, um, you know, after this, whatever that sort of means. I don't really know at this point, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that online also is not going to go away. I think that there's still going to be opportunities for online. I think people are primed for online offerings. I think that more than ever, there's opportunities for yoga teachers to build businesses online and reach people around the world. So I think that we're definitely going to see like a blend of both. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really... I, I wish that I had like a, a, I don't know, a crystal ball that would tell me when this is going to kind of be like over or finished or moving into the next stage. But oh, it just I seems mean, like it's not ending, man. It seemed like it, for sure I'd be able to go to Canada for Christmas and now I can't, you know, like I thought that wasn't even on my radar. I was like, of course I'm going to go to Canada for Christmas. Nope. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess as a citizen, you, you could probably get here and then oh, do probably, the yeah, mandatory quarantine. Well, there's that. And do I want to spend, like now we're in Croatia, I'd have to fly to London or take a really long flight from Croatia. Either way, it's like several hours. Do I want to be in a plane for eight hours? Like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I know there's a lot of considerations that kind of impact our lives now. So, I mean, I'm like hoping that, you know, things will become a little bit more relaxed, that we'll be able to travel a little bit more easily. I am hoping that that's definitely in the near future because I'm definitely craving some international adventures and I can totally, you know, feel for you being away from home. Like, of course you want to go see your family and stuff, especially after a couple of years. Um, I had no idea, like, had I known, I would have, you know, (laughs) I would have gone a couple more times before, you know, but we were supposed to go in May. We were supposed to, we were supposed to get married in May and then go see our families and stuff. And none of that happened. You know, it's like, how'd that not happen? (laughs) I know. Uh, yeah, I have a a really good friend who had to put, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for something to have canceled out something like that, like, it's okay. Like we've, we've gone past it now, but it just felt surreal when we were going through it. We're like, we were supposed to be getting married right now. Like, this is crazy. Like, it's so weird. You don't really realize it until it happens. And then you're like, how has this not happened? But equally, how was this supposed to be the thing that happened instead? Like how we're so unmarried. Like, how is it that we were going to be married? Like, I don't know how to explain it. It was like so weird that it didn't happen. And my brother was actually supposed to get married today. And he messaged oh, wow. me like, and he messaged me today like, oh yeah, no, it's just, this here it is like our wedding day. I'm like, oh man, I feel you, you know, like <laughs> it happened to us in May, you know, it was just so weird. But yeah, anyway, you have a friend, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like weird to think about living like an alternate kind of, I guess, like path. But yeah, I guess coming back to Canada in March, it's like, you know, we didn't really have. Uh, 
you know, plans kind of until April. And then it was like, oh, I was supposed to be going to like my friend's bachelorette party in Nashville and like seeing my best friend in Atlanta. And, oh, I was supposed to be like teaching this teacher training in person. Like, oh, we were supposed to be flying to Europe today to do this like family vacation. And then one of my good friends postponed her wedding until next year. And it was like, oh, weird. I'm supposed to be like in Vancouver right now, like celebrating my friend's marriage. Like they're not getting married. So it is really weird to think about like, you know, life kind of just goes on yet we're like living this different track than maybe we planned. And I think there's like, if you kind of look at the principles of yoga, you can definitely like pull out some good philosophical teachings in this current time, but it's weird. Yeah, for sure. I think weird is like the best word to describe it. Definitely. It's, it just feels, yeah, it just feels weird. It's not even sad or, or anything like that. I mean, sure there was an element of that, I think more before, but the day of was more like, huh? Because by then we had accepted it, right? Like we knew intellectually, but then when it actually happened, we we're like, oh no, which is why we had planned to celebrate anyway and call it our reversary. I don't know if like, and so we decided to celebrate anyway and just be like, no, 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 we, we need to find a way to not make this what it is, you know, <laughs> and just yeah. do it differently. So yeah, that was important, but also just wanted to stop you on that thing. Were you supposed to teach in a teacher training? That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I actually did teach in it. We just, it was all moved online. So um, the program that I did my 300 hour in is called the Vancouver School of Healing Arts, based in Vancouver, obviously. And I'm teaching their business of yoga sessions. So awesome. I was supposed to travel to Vancouver for it. The training got moved online. So I just taught it from, from my computer, which actually worked quite well for my session in particular. Oh, that's amazing. That's so cool. That's great. Thank you. Congratulations on that, honestly. (laughs) Thanks so much. All right. Well, um, those are all the questions I had, Amanda. Um, (laughs) Is there anything that you wanted to add or any kind of advice you'd want to give based on your experience in the last six months? No, what is it? Four months? Five months? With all of this? Yeah, it's like a time warp, right? It's like, how many months have we been in this? Um, I think that my biggest piece of advice would be like, feel the things that you need to feel. Like, I don't think that, I don't think that being a human is like any type of linear journey, but I think particularly when we're in a global crisis, we feel all sorts of different things at different times. And it's really easy to be like, oh, I should feel grateful for the things I do have or you know, I should really be appreciative of all the things that are good about this. But sometimes you just need to be like, this situation sucks and I'm angry and I'm upset. And if that's what you're feeling, I think feeling that is really important. I think that that would be a big takeaway that I've learned personally and something that I would hope that other people feel like comfortable doing, like just because things are fine doesn't mean you can't be upset because, you know, things aren't the way that you wanted them and that sort of thing. And then I think for the yoga teachers listening, just, you know, continuing to nurture your community, working towards building your community, you know, really being flexible with your business and understanding that things are changing quite a bit. And one thing I've been really working with, which is really, really challenging, is kind of like letting go of the way that things were previous to March and trying to kind of adapt myself, my business, my life to the way that things are now. And instead of hoping for like things to return to the way that they were prior to March, 2020, like understanding that things are shifting and trying to roll with that a little bit more. And like, that is not easy. That is big, big work that I'm currently trying to work through, but I would encourage other people to, to consider that too. We're, we can't go back in time. We just can only go forward. So kind of looking at the situation and adapting to the best of your ability with what there is. Well, I love that. That's really good. 
<laughs> yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for all of your advice today and all your time and answering all my long questions. <laughs> and like three. No, thank questions. you. <laughs> thank you so much, Amanda. And if anybody wants to find you, um, where can they find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jen. And if people want to find me online, they can go to mbomyoga.com. So mbomyoga.com. Uh, you can find the podcast there. If you want to work with me, contact me. You can learn more about me all on that website. If you want to just find the podcast specifically, it's Mastering the Business of Yoga on all major podcast platforms and then Mastering the Business of Yoga on social media. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Amanda. I know I certainly did. I always enjoy chatting to Amanda, to be honest. And we actually had had kind of part of this conversation uh, a couple months ago, actually, outside of the podcast. And I was talking to her about the fact that I personally never found it super, super easy to socialize. It isn't like my favorite activity, but how, you know, it is definitely important when you're running a business and how there are different ways to foster relationships and and, uh, maintain relationships when you move around a lot or if you have moved around a lot. And uh, and so we talk about that. I know that I've struggled with it whilst I can keep some friendships for ages and ages and ages. um, And whilst I felt like I was meeting so many people when I was on the road, it wasn't always easy for me to kind of start from scratch when I moved somewhere new. Like moving to London, it took me a while to kind of uh, build up my community and um, most of everything that I've done has been online my businesses have always been online so I struggled with that and just kind of making sure that I could do that with my businesses and so I like this angle of understanding this global world and understanding even social media as full of possibilities in terms of growing our community and growing our businesses rather than as limitations so I love that and Amanda gives us great insight as always and so it was a really really fun chat um you can find everything that you need to know about amanda or everything that you need to know about finding amanda in the show notes and that's it so until next week namaste